Foundations A Sandman Potfic, written by Moorish Flower and read by Literarian. Part 2 of the Hallmark Adjacent series. Chapter 2 The rest of the meal passes in a haze of exceedingly good food and conversation that Hob only has a vague memory of at the end of it all. He can't stop looking at Morpheus' hands, the little sliver of his neck visible just above his turtleneck, the soft and shadowed spot just behind his right ear where Hob has already touched his lips. He keeps thinking about the taste of his fingertips and how Morpheus had licked olive oil from Hop's thumb and how he swipes a bit of bisque from his bottom lip now and pops it into his mouth instead of using a napkin. Everything is a tease, every glance, every tiny smile, every flick of pink wet tongue and by the time they've both made their way through the lamb and uncorked the wine that Hop had brought, he's on the edge of his seat and practically vibrating out of his skin. Morpheus isn't faring much better. His cheeks are flushed pink all the way down the sloping line of his neck, and he keeps glancing at Hop's mouth. When Hob licks his lips, chasing a droplet of wine, he feels the stare like a brand. And yet, surprisingly, it isn't Hob who breaks first. He's got his wine half-lifted to his mouth, prepared to force down another sip that he's certain he's not going to taste when Morpheus reaches out, and lays his hand on Hop's wrist. Have we fulfilled the appropriate social niceties in order to remove ourselves to my bedroom? He asks, and his voice is such a deep bass rumble, a sound that goes straight to Hop's cock, that it takes him a grand few seconds to translate. It's actually a miracle that the wine glass doesn't shatter with how hard he sets it down on the table, and he's again blessed with seeing Morpheus' eyes crinkle up at the corners, the crow's feet there seeming to get a bit deeper every day. Hop wants to kiss them. Kiss each individual wrinkle, wants to take up tomorrow morning and find them all again, wants to spend the rest of his life finding all the new things, all the things that change, wants the chance to watch them change. He wants there to be a morning where he looks at Morpheus and notices the first threads of silver in his hair. Christ, Christ, he's got it bad. I reckon we have, he says, an embarrassing croak in his voice that Morpheus, bless him, chooses not to acknowledge, 
only keep staring at Hop's mouth, eyes blue as snowmelt, as the licking flame of a gas stove flicking up and then down again. Morpheus licks his lips. He's all shades of pink and ivory and cream, and Hop has the fleeting thought that they're both grown men, not even young men anymore, and they really ought to take the time to put away leftovers to clean the dishes. Their morning selves will be grateful not to have to deal with pomegranate reduction glued to a saucepan. Then again, that's a problem for their morning selves. And Hop is hopeful there will be many, many versions of their morning selves in the future. No shortage of waking up beside Morpheus in one bed or another. No shortage of pots and pans to soak. God, he cannot wait. They stand nearly at the same time, and, to their credit, they don't go crashing into each other like comets following the orbit of the same moon. They don't start ripping clothes off and pawing at each other like wild animals. They definitely don't rut like teenagers though Hop maintains he'd rather like to hear Morpheus say more things like that, just for the aesthetics of his voice. What they do is circle around the table until they reach each other. Hop holds out his hand, and Morpheus takes it. Both their fingers are faintly sticky, a little bit oily, and both of them make a face at nearly the exact same time. Hop grins helplessly and says, Reckon we can find the self-control needed to wash our hands first? Morpheus huffs softly and says, So long as it does not prevent us from eventually reaching the bedroom. They stand side by side at the sink, taking turns with their palms beneath the running water, warm between their fingers. Here is another thing he can picture. Morpheus with his arms encased up to the elbow in yellow rubber gloves, Hop just beside him with a dish towel, music playing muffled from somewhere, the living room maybe, while the soft static crackle of soap suds in the sink grows less and less. He's so enamored with this vision that he doesn't even bother to dry his hands, just waits until Morpheus has turned off the water and then whirls, cups his wet palms to the cheeks grown warm with rushing blood, and kisses him. Morpheus makes a startled noise into his mouth, a token protest. They're wet, they are still in the kitchen, the bedroom is so close. And then he melts into Hop's arms. His wet hands on Hop's shoulders, sliding up his neck into his hair. Can I stay the night? 
Hop whispers, in between sips of breath, the taste of Morpheus' mouth, tomato and pomegranate and wine. He wants to be sure. He wants to go forward, fast, joyful, but Christ, he has to be sure. And Morpheus looks up at him, his lips pink, something unearthly and wonderful in his expression, and he says, You may stay forever. And it's not too much. It's not ever going to be too much. So Hob kisses him again, licks Morpheus' lip, and then inside, wet and warm and perfect, sure that words must be spilling out of him somehow, subsumed into Morpheus' lungs. I love you, I love you, I love you. They make it to the bedroom somehow, Hop shedding clothes as he goes, socks and shirt and undershirt left in a winding trail down the hall and to the right into the master bedroom. Morpheus is still fully dressed, but growing redder by the minute, his cheeks a cherry rose and his lips gone nearly red with how Hop has kissed them, licked them, sucked at them. The bedroom is lit, but only dimly, all the lights turned down low and the bedsheets turned over, inviting. They look like expensive sheets. They look like they have a thread count in the thousands. Hop breaks away, puts just enough space between them that the cool air rushes in. Will it be easier if I'm naked first? He asks, and Morpheus' eyes flick to the bed, to Hop's shoulder, up to Hop's eyes. He shrugs. I do not know. With Thessaly. He trails off, head tilted like a bird's. She preferred the lights to be off. There's a hot clench of anger in his gut, the way there is every single time Morpheus mentions his shitty ex-girlfriend. Hop hopes, with a viciousness he's previously reserved for Nazis and for people who abuse their spouses and children, that she gets what's coming to her. Hopes that the discord she's sown comes back to her tenfold. I want to see you, he says, letting the painful honesty through, the longing. Morpheus keeps his head tilted, but the corner of his mouth turns up, just a bit. I think you're beautiful, brilliant. I'd like to see you. I would like you to see, only... Go slowly, please. Anything you need. He sways in again, kisses Morpheus until he's soft and sweetly sighing and fumbles between them for the belt of his trousers. 
The sound of the leather seems overloud, drags a gasp from Morpheus as though he's been pinched. Hob gets his fly open and the zip down just enough that he can force the trousers over his hips, and once they're a puddle on the floor, he kicks them away. Sixty quid for them, and he'll have to get them laundered, since he doesn't own an iron, but he couldn't care less in this moment, because it's one less layer of clothes between him and Morpheus. Yeah, he breathes, and Morpheus puts a hand on his chest, pushing him inexorably back towards the bed. Hop lets it take him, falls back spread eagle onto the sheets, as soft as the mask silk, his hair spread out around him, too long, except for that Morpheus seems to like it longer. Morpheus seems to like him, hair and scars and ugly toes and all is looking down at him with such raw, aching hunger that Hop nearly wants to ask if he's all right, if he needs a moment. And then Morpheus crawls on top of him, and anything Hop was thinking of asking goes abruptly out of his head. <sighs> he says eloquently, as a slender hand cuts through his chest hair, petting first against and then with the grain, ruffling patterns into it. Morpheus bends his head down, brushes the tip of his nose against Hop's nipple, all peaked in the chill. The hot, humid puff of his breath makes Hop shiver, makes him try to twist upwards to find more, and harder, and yes, there, please. It is good that you are a vocal lover, Morpheus says against his skin. Drags his lips through the thicket of Hop's chest hair. I have been told that I am reticent in bed. Forgive me for saying it, but no one's treated you right then. Perhaps. He can feel Morpheus smirk against his other nipple in the split second before he parts his lips and takes it into his mouth. Warm, wet, so fucking good. Hobbs usually the one taking charge, Eleanor had manhandled him in the casual way of all married couples, but before her there'd been a few men, not many, but a few, and maybe he gives off a subtle, or not so subtle, caretaking vibe, or maybe it's that he's six foot and doesn't wax his chest, but that always been the expectation that he take the lead. The expectation that he top. He doesn't mind, it's just an adjustment now. Morpheus crouches over him like an incubus, holding his palms on either side of Hobbes' pectorals until he's pushing them together, 
mouthing at Hobbs' nipple with single-minded fascination until Hobbs' insides have gone liquid and turbulent. I should be doing this for you, he manages to get out. Morpheus pulls off of his nipple with a wet pop. I should... We may do whatever we want. Morpheus says softly. He drags his cheek down the centre of Hobbs' sternum, his just-shaved smooth cheek against all Hobbs' hair, the little scars that pepper him here and there, his lips brushing just above Hobbs' navel and racking him with shivers. What do you want, Hobbs? Christ, his name in that voice ought to be a sin. Ought to be illegal. Hop reaches to pull Morpheus up, until they're lying chest to chest, all the slender weight of his boyfriend piled on top of him. His nipples rub against the soft cashmere of Morpheus' sweater, his chest hair catching and Hop makes a frankly embarrassing noise. Uh-huh. Just you, he says, and touches his thumb to Morpheus' bottom lip. However you want, just you. Morpheus blinks at him, studying him for long moments in the low and silver-tinged light, until finally he licks his lips and hops thumb along with them. I would like for you to undress me, he says. His hand comes up fingers aligned with the hinge of Hobbs' jaw, tilting his head up so that his neck is bared. And then I would like to fuck you, if you are amenable. The word fuck coming out of Morpheus' mouth very nearly short-circuits Hobbs' brain entirely, and for a moment all he can do is clutch desperately at him, pepper the corner of his mouth and his cheek and his jawline with kisses, trying to get his racing heart back under control. He thinks of how Morpheus had felt in his mouth, long and heavy and perfect. He thinks of the weight of his bollocks slapping against Hop's arse and rocks his hips up, whining. Fuck yes, he says, harsh, wanting. Christ, how much he wants. He manages to peel himself away just long enough to start tugging at the hem of Morpheus' turtleneck. The weave of it catches on every imperfection, drags against his boyfriend's skin as he pulls it up, revealing, beneath the overhead lights, sharp-cut lines of silver across his belly, ribs, nipping through the dark hair that's trim and neat across Morpheus' pectorals, a broad swathe like a tiger stripe diagonally from shoulder to collarbone, 
a few scattered, raised pink lines appearing beneath the shelter of the turtleneck. When Hop pulls the shirt up and off, it sends little pops of static streaking through the darkness, and Morpheus' hair fluffs out like a newborn chick's, standing high on end, until Hop puts his fingers into it, pushes it back smooth and sleek to the curve of his skull. He tosses the turtleneck towards the foot of the bed, forgetting for a moment this isn't his house, these aren't his clothes, his brain hooking on one possibility. They could be, they could be, he said you could stay forever. You're so fucking gorgeous, he says, and Morpheus pushes back his shoulders, juts forward his chest. He's got pale pink nipples, like the inside of a doe's ear. One of them has a scar nearly straight through it, offset by just a centimeter or two, and Hop touches it with his thumb, rubs firm and circular until it grows stiff under his touch. Morpheus stays where he is, perched firmly in Hop's lap, Ass positioned over Hop's trapped cock. His mouth is open slightly, and there's just a hint of his tongue as he pants. You doing okay? Yes. Morpheus rolls his hips, lays himself out along Hop's chest so that they're draped together so that their pelvises fit like puzzle pieces. Pressure. Pleasure. Hop groans and hears an answering rumble somewhere in Morpheus' diaphragm. Beautiful, he says, and frames his palms along the wings of Morpheus' scapula, counts the notches of his spine on the way down, over bumps and ridges, old wounds, healed scars. They aren't obvious with the light the way it is, and he reckons Morpheus has done that on purpose. Wants to tell him that he'll love him just the same when the sun comes up, when the dawn paints him in flattering golds, will love him when there's nothing but overhead fluorescent lights to make them both unflattering and sallow. Tomorrow, he thinks, and the next day, and the next. He gets his hands underneath Morpheus' armpits, holds him there so that he can lean up and kiss the center of his thin chest where the hair is thickest. Soft as feather down, kept neater than Hobbs, littered with scars. He traces the outline of each one that he can reach, first with his lips, then with his tongue, until Morpheus' chest is a mess of shining spit trails, his chest hair damp patched, his hips riding forward. The shape of his cock is hard and insisting against Hop's stomach, and when he leans back again, 
when he brings his hands to the fly of Morpheus' jeans, he keeps their gazes locked, waiting for the slightest hint of discomfort. All he gets is the sight of Morpheus biting his own lip, trying to stifle a groan as he hunches forward. The jeans are black, Skinny and utterly irrelevant compared to how they peel off of Morpheus' hips, revealing the bony jut of his pelvis, black cotton briefs, a wet spot over the tip of his stick where precum has leaked right through the fabric. Hop gets them down over his legs that feel miles long with a bit of wiggling and a bit of ingenuity, and then it's just them, nearly naked, crushed so close together that he can't tell if the sweat dappling his chest and his shoulders belongs to him or Morpheus. There are more scars. Not as bad as the ones on his chest, though there's a single, nastier one that's jabbed like Excalibur into the front of Morpheus's right thigh. This one hops studies, touches, feels over the ridged seam of it. Metal, he hears beside his ear and shivers. When the atrium collapsed, my leg was trapped beneath a beam. I am told that I am lucky I do not walk with a limp. And Hop thinks, I'm lucky that you're here, I'm lucky that I have you, it's me who's lucky that you lived and you found me again and you're letting me love you. What comes out of his mouth, however, is, I'd still love you with a limp. Morpheus draws back, eyes wide, and Hop thinks, fuck. Some of his panic must show, because the next thing he knows, he's being pushed back down into the sheets, Morpheus crawling atop him, bearing him deeper. His fingers are artist's fingers, long, slender, they bracket Hop's chest and touch the edges of his brows, and Morpheus says, Say it again. Too big too soon, too much, and yet, Hop swallows. I'd still love you, he says, and Morpheus' eyes flutter shut. He sighs, his breath still smells very faintly of wine. Again. The hands disappear from his face, only to reappear lower, busily shucking his boxes down around his calves. Morpheus' briefs follow quickly. Then it's just them, skin to skin, Morpheus curling his fingers around their cocks and burying his face in Hop's neck while he gasps, I love you. Fuck Morpheus, love. It's stupid. It's a lot. I know it's a lot. I love you. 
there's a deep rumbling that's occurring somewhere near his ear that Hop only identifies as a sound being made by his boyfriend with a great deal of effort. It's like the purring of some huge cat, and it must just be Morpheus moaning, the harshness of his breath somewhere low in his chest, but it's easy to think, just for a moment, that what he's got in his arms is some sort of incubus, some tempting dream creature come to steal his heart, and oh, how he'd gladly give it. Again and again, he'd give it. Morpheus lets go of them both, and Hop hears himself whine and honestly doesn't care. It's been so long since he's been proper fucked and he's not sure if he wants Morpheus' cock in his mouth or in his hand or in his arse first. He can remember the taste of him, how heavy he'd been on Hob's tongue and his mouth floods reflexively with spit. Morpheus has other plans though, by the way he's looking down at Hob. He slides nimbly to the side. It's patently unfair that a 40-year-old man is able to move with that much liquid grace, and then pushes against Hop's shoulder, urging him onto his belly. Their pants both get lost in the shuffle, disappearing somewhere over the edge of the bed as Hop turns over. He tries to look over his shoulder, reaching for coquettish and probably falling somewhere around wild-eyed and desperately horny instead. You planning on fucking me now? Hop asks, and Morpheus' nostrils flare. I do plan to fuck you tonight, he says, putting his hands along the cage of Hobbs ribs, smoothing down to palm the globes of his arse cheeks. Hob shivers when he feels Morpheus' thumb run down his crack, brush-teasing over his asshole. And I plan to make love to you in the morning. And if you are able to keep up with me, I intend to make use of your cock as well. If I can keep up, Hop starts to say, and then Morpheus leans down and licks him, from the top of his arse all the way up to between his shoulders, through the dark hair just there at the small of his back, to the beads of sweat dappling his trapezius. Any offence Hop might have felt goes flying out the window as he pops his ass up on sheer bloody instinct for more, more, more. It has only been like this once before, Morpheus says, conversationally, like he's talking about the weather and all the while he's using his palms to spread Hop's cheeks, exposing his asshole to the air and to Morpheus' gaze. 
He has to push his head down into the bed as Morpheus kneels over him, his face flaming red and so much want curled around his cock that he reckons it's dripping into the sheets at this point. I am normally not this voracious. I'm not complaining. Hop squeaks, which turns into a full-bodied moan as Morpheus sticks his nose directly up against the back of his bollocks. Oh, fuck, I'm not... I'm showered this morning, I'm... Perfect, Morpheus interrupts. And then... The prick, the tease, he nuzzles the inside curve of Hop's ass, and before Hop can say anything else, he feels a soft, wet tongue lave flat over his hole. He can feel it twitch, can practically feel the blood rushing to all the nerves there, firing wildly as Hop shoves a hunk of sheets into his mouth to bite down on, because it's either that or scream. Delicious, he hears Morpheus say, and wonders what the fuck he's gotten himself into. If he had any more presence of mind, he might ask, might make Morpheus say the word voracious again in that tone of his, like silk sliding over sand. But unfortunately, all of his brains are currently dribbling out of his cock and into the sheets. So all he can do is whimper into his mouthful of cotton when Morpheus licks him again, this time longer, wetter. He lingers over Hop's hole, the tip of his tongue tracing along each textured furl, until Hop has to reach behind himself, slapping ineffectually at whatever he can reach. He thinks he gets part of a shoulder or arm, because Morpheus leans back with a grunt of obvious displeasure. Is it not to your liking? Jesus, Hop says. He thinks he might be near tears. No, I mean, yes, fuck me. Holy shit, fuck me, please. Ah. Morpheus sighs, and then he rubs the pad of his thumb over Hop's spit-wet asshole, seemingly admiring it. Another time, then. The bed shifts, and the weight of Morpheus along the backs of his thighs disappears. He cranes his head over his shoulder to watch the vague half-shape of his boyfriend standing from the bed, long and lean and pale in the dim overheads. He looks like a silky prince, Hop thinks wildly, some deep-sea creature that emerges when the moon is full, sleek and beautiful, and capturing the hearts of the unwary. 
he's enamored with all the beautiful straight lines of him, the gentle curve of his thigh and the bend of his spine, the way his scars flex as he leans over the bedside table, opening a drawer and removing a tube and a foil packet. Then Morpheus turns, and there is something in his expression, not an obvious thing unless you know what to look for, that lights up when he sees that Hob is watching him. It affects his whole face, from his brows to his eyes to his mouth, like a visible lifting of the spirit. My God, Hop thinks, coming back again and again to the only thing that makes sense, the only thing he knows with a certainty, which is, my God, I'm so fucking gone for him. Morpheus climbs back onto the bed, pushing and tapping at Hop's legs and ass until he moves, repositioning them both so that Hop is lying on his back, his good knee pulled up towards his chest and Morpheus kneeling between his spread thighs. He spares a thought that they ought to do it doggy the first time round, if only because it's been so long since he's had anything more than a finger in his ass, but one look at Morpheus' expression, reverend, awed, dispels him of the notion immediately. He needs to see Morpheus' face when he's inside needs it the same way plants need water and his own lungs need air. Are you ready? Morpheus asks and Hop rocks his hips up in response, his cock hard and leaking against his belly. Been ready, he says with a grin, and Morpheus just... He just looks softer, fonder, sweeter. All the harsh lines of him go waver-edged, like he's losing some of his coherence, except it's just the light and the happiness in his expression and the way that he looks at Hop with blatant wonder. Like he can't believe what he's seeing is real. The sound of Morpheus opening the tube is ungodly loud in a room that's otherwise silent but for the heavy breathing and the noise it makes when he pours some onto his fingers is obscenely slick. Hop has to bite his lip just for the pain, just to focus on something other than his cock, his asshole, how close he is to coming. How much closer he already is when Morpheus reaches between his legs and touches his hole with feather-light fingertips. Hop has to buck himself down to get more sensation and Morpheus makes a disgruntled noise and puts his other hand flat on Hop's stomach, just above his leaking prick. Stay still. He rumbles and Hop wriggles impatiently. 
Then there's pressure, as Morpheus' fingertip slips in and in, and Hop relaxes back into the bed with a sigh. Boneless. Full, he thinks, and then not full enough. He clenches down on the intrusion, and Morpheus' eyes widen slightly, his finger crooking up and... Oh, fuck, Hop hisses, prick oozing another pearl of precum onto his belly, smearing into the hair there. Oh, fuck, right there, please. You are tight, Morpheus breathes, and Hop nods absently, trying to work himself down further onto the encroaching finger. Been a bit shit, Morpheus. Just ah, give us a more love. Morpheus does, his finger stilling until Hop's breathing has evened out again, all the bright, fantastic sparks of pleasure dying out behind his eyes until it's just the comfortable almost fullness, the much simpler firing of nerves around the rim of his asshole, still oversensitive from Morpheus' tongue. Okay, he says, when he no longer feels like he's going to come as soon as Morpheus looks at him, looks at him like that, so soft, gentle. Give us another, then. Morpheus does, pulling his finger fray and then squirting more lube into his hand. Hop wants to tell him he doesn't need to be so careful about it. It's not like he's never had a cock in his ass before. It's just been a while. Then there are two fingers nudging at his hole, sliding into him with just the barest stretch, the faintest flutter of discomfort, and then proper fullness. Hop breathes through it, bearing down on Morpheus' fingers as they advance, until he's tucked up inside all the way to the last knuckle, and Hop is vainly wishing for something to bite down on to distract him from his prick. It may have been a bit, Morpheus says, but look, how will you take me? He sounds almost as wrecked as Hop feels. He wonders what it would be like if Morpheus decided to talk dirty to him. Wonders if he could come just from the sound of his voice and two or three fingers in his arse. Enough, he says, and tries to grope for Morpheus' shoulder again. His leg slips down a bit, jostling the fingers inside him as they move and bend and stretch him, and more sparks pop off behind his eyes, vibrant flares of white. Fuck! Please, please, please fuck me! I'm ready! You are not. 
but Morfiger slides his fingers free again, only to pour more lube onto his hand to return with three. Hop whines, turns his head into the pillow and tries to find a pinch of cotton to bite so that he doesn't start whimpering as Morpheus inches in with three fingers, first a wide, thick stretch and then easing into a pleasant ache. An ache that turns into a flare of sensation when Morpheus nudges against his prostate and then pulls back, dragging against Hobbes' nerves, his asshole twitching and clinging and his cock drooling onto his stomach as Morpheus fucks into him again. Christ, how long's it been since he was fingered? since someone took the time for him. He has to squeeze his eyes shut against the sudden urge to tear up, rocking down against each twist of Morpheus' wrist. Please, he hears himself saying, please, please, I don't want to come before you're in me, please. You won't. And quite suddenly, he's empty. The emptiest he's ever felt. He doesn't think his asshole is gaping, but he almost wishes he could see. Feels like there's something that's been caught out of him, and the only thing that can possibly fill him now is Morpheus' fingers, his tongue, his prick. He rolls his eyes down, looking through the sweep of his lashes as Morpheus negligently wipes his hand on the bedsheets, then picks up the condom from where he'd set it by the edge of the bed. The sound of the foil tearing makes Hobbes cock twitch. He watches Morpheus roll the latex on with a sigh of concentration. He's got such a pretty cock. Long and pink, flushed darker rose at the head, his foreskin pulled back tight. There's a dense thatch of black hair around the base that Hop wants to bury his nose in, and his bollocks are lightly furred, enough that he reckons they'd be nice to roll in his palm and a pleasant texture to the tongue. He licks his lips, realizes he's staring. Morpheus also is staring, holding the base of his prick in a tight grip, a peony pink blush spreading all down from his neck to his chest, making some of his scars stand out in stark relief, making some of them darker, the raised ones, the ones that healed poorly. Hob holds out a hand that trembles faintly under the weight of his own desire, draws his forefinger down the centre of Morpheus' chest, through the dark hair and over the silver stripes of wounds long closed. You're still gorgeous, he says, and Morpheus makes a wild, broken noise in his throat, shuddering all over as he shuffles forward on his knees. 
Hop hikes his leg up further, needs help from Morpheus to get his other leg with its bad knee up, but once it's over Morpheus' shoulder, it stays there, and Hop feels the hot, blunt pressure of his boyfriend's cockhead nudging against his hole. He would like to say something, he thinks. One more emphatic fuck me or I want your prick or something. But all the words up and leave him when Morpheus pushes in. His vision narrows down to just the dear face holding over him and there's nothing else in the room except for them and the burgeoning fullness, every nerve ending singing as Morpheus inches inside, slow, slow, until Hop can feel his bollocks nestled up against his ass, and he's folded nearly in half by the weight of Morpheus' body over him. It's worth it. Any discomfort, any aches or pains he feels later, it'll be worth it because he gets to see Morpheus' face when he's fully seated, how his eyes widen and his mouth hangs slightly open, his tongue flicking out to wet his swollen, sinfully pink lips, the way his thin chest is heaving and how he plants his palms flat on either side of Hop's chest as though he's worried he's going to fall. Oh, Morpheus says, and leans down to press their foreheads together, the two of them hanging, for a moment, in some floating, between space, getting used to their bodies, getting used to each other. Christ, he feels stuffed. He feels overwhelmed. Hop tilts his head for a kiss and huffs when Morpheus keeps his mouth stubbornly closed. I have recently put my tongue on your asshole, he says. Hop clenches down at the sound, at the shape of Morpheus' lips around the word hole. It sets off a chain reaction for both of them, where again they hold still, breathing, waiting. Morpheus blinks languidly at him. I don't care, Hop says. Had worse things in my mouth, and I'm healthy. He'd gotten tested with Gwen before they'd ever done more than neck furiously in the car. There's been no one else since. Just Morpheus, who now studies him closely, his eyes half-lidded, dozy with pleasure. Then he leans down and he lets Hop kiss him and it's fucking brilliant. He can taste himself on Morpheus' lips and on his tongue when he opens his mouth, musky and dark and bitter, salt from sweat, and underneath the taste of wine has disappeared entirely and it's just him. 
the taste of his spit and his skin, and Hop drinks it like he would any vintage, wants to roll in the taste of Morpheus, in the smell of him, like a dog, until no one can tell the difference between them. I love you, he breathes, the words a taste of their own, between their mouths and in his throat, and nestled somewhere down in his chest, where his heart is beating loud enough to wake the dead. Morpheus muffles a moan against Hop's lips, sucks the tongue that licks along the seam of his mouth. His hips stutter forward, trying to get impossibly deeper, and Hop is once again wordless. Morpheus fucks him slowly, pulling back in long and languorous glides, rutting in with all the patience and inexorable force of the tides pulled towards the moon. Every thrust punches the breath from Hobbes' lungs, leaves him panting and aching and whining, no longer able to stifle any of the frankly embarrassing noises falling from his mouth. And maybe he would have cared yesterday, but how can he possibly care today? When Morpheus is moving in him, so deep he can feel it up around his stomach, when he can curl his fingers around one bony shoulder and towards the straining muscles of Morpheus' neck, when everything from his neck down on him is hot and melting and reforming all at once. There's nothing better than this, nothing that can ever come close to comparing. His whole body is liquid glass, not sharp and hard and hurtful, but flowing. He feels like he's art underneath Morpheus' hands. Like the framework that he's so fond of talking about is finally being finished, all the little things that make a soul into a person being added in as Morpheus bends down and mouths at the curve of his jaw. And because he can say it, because he's allowed and it isn't too big, and Morpheus had promised he would say if it was, Hop says it again. I love you, rising up from his mouth like a prayer or like smoke from a chimney. There's a hearth kindling in him, stoking higher the faster that Morpheus fucks him. He clings to him, they cling to each other, and Hop says, touch me, oh God, please, and Morpheus does, denies him nothing, but slips a hand between them and wraps his cool, slender fingers around Hobbes' overheated cock. It only takes a few pulls, Morpheus' hand still vaguely slick with lube, and then Hob is biting down onto the nearest thing he can, teeth buried in Morpheus' shoulder, trying so fucking hard not to just clamp as his cock spurts long lances of cum up his belly, 
coating Morpheus' fingers. He muffles his cry in flesh and makes a piteous sound when Morpheus lets him go, only to get both hands underneath his arse and heft. Oh, fuck, Hop says, scrabbling to find balance while all his nerve endings are singing and his brain is leaking out of his ears. He manages to get his other leg up without Morpheus' cock slipping from his ass, and then Morpheus is bearing his weight, holding him nearly in his lap with his legs over both shoulders. It's good. It's so good. So much deeper. And each time that Morpheus fucks in, it hammers desperate little ass from Hob. It's too much and not enough, and his cock is twitching weakly on his stomach, trying desperately to add to the puddle of cum that's soaking into the hair on his belly. It's too much. Nearly, Morpheus says. Almost. And then groans, so deep and gravelly that it's less a sound and more a force of nature. He swoops down, bending Hop nearly in half, and takes his mouth in a bruising kiss as he slams his hips in. The bed rattles against the wall, but Morpheus holds, his chest heaving and his breath pouring between their mouths as he comes, and Hop wonders if Morpheus can feel the fire in him, can see the desperation in his eyes, to love, to be loved. He's meant to hold a hearth in him, he's meant to be a home, and for long moments they press their foreheads together, breathing, and he thinks that maybe, maybe Morpheus knows him, in a way that no one's known him for a very long time. Shit. He breathes at last, and Morpheus wrinkles his nose. There's sweat standing out like diamonds on his forehead, on his upper lip. He tastes like musk and skin, and the slightly chemical aftertaste of cologne and soap. Hob licks at the corner of his mouth anyways, and holds him there, kissing slowly, messily, until Morpheus' cock softens enough that he slips from Hop's ass. He feels immediately empty, immediately yearning. It's made better by watching Morpheus peel the condom off, the little moo of displeasure at his mouth as he ties it off. He moves to get out of bed, and Hob, liquid, boneless, slides his leg along Morpheus' side as he goes and gets a flickering smile in return. He's in love. Christ, he's in love. He'd known it before, but now he knows it. 
down somewhere in his marrow, in the hearth of his heart. Do not move, Morpheus says as he stands, and Hop is only too happy to comply, stretching his arms above his head and his legs towards the foot of the bed, pointing his toes, cataloguing where he'll ache tomorrow, where he'll more than ache. He reckons his knee is going to be twinging come morning, but doesn't give much of a toss about it. It hurts when it decides to hurt, and nothing he does really helps once it's made its mind up. And he knows he's going to be walking funny, but seeing as he's staying the night, he doesn't have to worry about making an awkward walk back to his car. Morpheus returns, sans condom, and now bearing a wet flannel, which he tenderly wipes over Hobbs' belly, and then, just as tenderly, between his legs, the warm water soothing on his undoubtedly puffy hole. Hob hums, curling his toes in pleasure, and gets another smile. Could get used to this, he says. Opens his arms so that, once Morpheus has set the flannel on the bedside table, he can eel into them, sinewy and strong and lovely. His weight's barely anything. Hop wonders if his knees would murder him if he tried to fuck Morpheus against a wall. If he tried to hold him up, back-braced, Hop's hands cupped under his thighs. You could, Morpheus says softly. He kisses Hop's cheek. His breath smells like spearmint now. You could. Get used to this, if you would like. His thumb touches Hop's bottom lip, stroking, wonder in his eyes. Stay, Morpheus says. Hop winds his arms around him, strokes his hands down the pale expanse of his back, fingers finding each scar, each knot of tissue, each irregularity, lingers over them. Yeah, he says, voice gone thick. As long as you'll have me. Forever, Morpheus says, just a hint of a question in his voice. Hop squeezes him. Sure, that sounds about right. Their bodies lean towards each other, timbers shoring up a wall. You have to pour a foundation before you build a house. Hop knows that much. Knows that you have to build off of something stable. He's no architect but he reckons forever is a pretty good place to start. The end. Happy New Year, everyone.